0: Have you ever heard the boxing term going the distance? What on earth does that have to do with you? Stay tuned. I'm going to tell you. I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight-up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer, and during my almost eight-year-long boxing career from 2002 to 2010, I fought in 15 pro fights all over the world, two world title fights, five knockouts, and I've never been knocked out before. I fought some of the toughest girls on the planet, and I was ranked in the top three of the one of the, of one of the most dangerous females on the planet during my reign. That was a lot of years ago, so before you think Oh, like uh, you got me. You can be impressed with that. I did. It, it is. It's, it's, it's impressive, but uh, that's a long time ago. That was, uh, I mean, I retired 13 years ago. Uh, I would have to do a little warm up before I kill somebody. Now the boxing was a huge part of my life. I didn't get into boxing because I'm a boxing fan. I got into boxing because I was broke as a joke. I got into boxing because I was putting myself through nursing school at university of Memphis, and I was waiting tables at Huey's restaurant in South Haven, Mississippi. And I just didn't have, in fact, I had two jobs. I had, uh, I was cocktail waitressing down at the Horseshoe Casino and I was, uh, I was waitressing during the day. Um, so I was, and then I was going to school too, too. So it was, it was a lot of work and I just had a hard time making ends meet. Um, and it was a rough, rough time in my life. I was taking a boxing class at the local YMCA. I had just gotten done doing a couple of NPC figure competitions and I, I, I didn't want to lose my figure, but I was burned out on lifting weights. And so I took a local, local boxing class at a local gym and an actual boxing instructor was watching me. And he said, Hey, uh, how long have you been boxing? I said about 44 minutes. And he said, you have a propensity for this sport well now that I'm a coach I understand what he means but before I didn't know what that meant and so I said yeah well whatever whatever, pal, you know, like I'm just trying to work out here, you know, I don't even care. And of course I'm sure I boxed really crappy. Everybody, everybody is crappy on their, when their first, their first time boxing, everybody's crappy, but some people just get it. Some people just seem to have a knack for it. They just have real smooth punches. They seem to get it. They can, they really rotate on their back foot. They really, uh, they just have a natural ability to punch beautifully and effectively. They got a great snap to their punch. They just have beautiful head movement, foot movement. They're balanced. They're centered. They're grounded and they just seem to get it easier than others. Well, evidently I was one of those people. And he said, you know, you should fight. And I was like, pal, I ain't never been in a fight unless you count the ones with my sisters. I'm not interested in fighting. I'm trying to get my, get through nursing school so I can be an RN. I desperately wanted to be an RN. And he said, well, you know, you can make money fighting. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. What was that? So yes. Yes. I realized I could make money fighting. Now, this is sanctioned boxing. This is federally licensed sanctioned boxing. This is not some shady underground topless boxing. This is actually boxing, like world ranking system boxing. As a pro athlete, you have to get a license. You have to test for drugs. Pro athlete. Um so I did it. I I I started fighting just as a way to to make money. My first fight paid $500. I thought I died and gone to heaven. I had no idea that that I mean I just that was a lot of money back in 2002, 2003. I was really really thankful for that. And I started I lost my first fight. I ended up winning the next 7 by knockout and I just started climbing the world ranking system. And in boxing it boxing you, you boxing is is a business like anything else and sex sells in boxing like anything else so if you're pretty and you can fight you will get more fight opportunities this is for girls because it's not the same girls and guys in boxing guys just they make more money they they just have different treatment in boxing than the girls but the ticket holders and the ticket buyers are men and men don't want to see two ugly girls go at it they want to see pretty girls fighting each other that are both t- that are tough but they They don't want to see two girls that look like dudes. Um, And it's if you are pretty and you are you can speak to the press and you can market yourself, then you will get more fight opportunities. It's all about the marketing. It's all about the ticket sales. It's all about how many butts can you get in the seat? It's very little about how well you fight. I, you know, I mean, it's 50 percent how well you fight, 50 percent how well you can market yourself. It doesn't matter how good you can fight if nobody coming is to watch you. If you can't get anybody to show up to buy a ticket to watch you, if you've got no fan base, well, I had a huge fan base and I had some pretty big sponsors. I had Red Bull, I had Miller Lite, I had big sponsors, Uh, and I ended up really climbing quickly the world ranking system and getting a lot of attention in boxing. I had a show on MTV called MTV's Made, and I just exploded. My name was known in 60 different countries all over the world. And during that time, it was a huge, um, a huge deal. Now, as I got better at 154 pounds, I, which was a light metal weight, I started to scout out better fighters. Now you want to, you know, I didn't think boxing was going to turn into what it did for me. I was just solely doing it as a way to make money. I had no idea that it was actually going to become a big part of my life. Um, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so we were like, it was starting to get serious. I mean, I was starting to get some serious fights. So part of boxing is scouting out fighters. Now you can have a promoter that you trust, which is hard to find. And I don't really even know if I trusted my promoter too, too much. Everybody's shady. I mean, not everybody, but most people are shady in boxing. And you, if you have a promoter that you can trust, can go find fighters for you, then you let them do the legwork and then they come and they present the fighter to the coach and the team and the manager and say, hey, we found a girl out of Atlanta. We found a girl out of Philly. We found a girl out of Sacramento. And uh, this is this is her. And then give you the stats on her, give you some footage on her. And that's fine. But I like to once in a while go scout out the girls myself. And then we'd turn it into a PR trip. We'd turn it into a media trip and do some PR uh, and make it worth our while. So I was scouting a girl down in Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia? Yeah, Savannah, Georgia. I was thinking Savannah, South Carolina. There might be a Savannah, South Carolina as well, but I think it's Savannah, Georgia, it must be right on the board of, oh, I'm so sorry, you guys. I should have done my little bit of, little bit of research before I hit the record button. And so we went to Savannah, flew into Savannah to to watch this girl fight to find out if I wanted a fighter. We always say we wanted a fighter because it's a team effort. You get your team doctors, you get your corner men, you get your cut men, you get your coach. It's a wee thing in boxing if we wanted a fighter. And so we all flew down there to watch her fight. And you can always tell when somebody, when an, another fighter is there to to scout you. When I was fighting, and i would be you know i'd co-main event or main event almost always main event uh, because i was the biggest draw um i would look down and you can always see ringside seats right there in front you'll always see the fighter that's scouting you and promoters will bring in you know promoters will pay for that cuz they 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 want to make fights happen too so they want to match people up so they'll put a they'll put a scout right there in the front row so they can have a good view of the fighter and they'll watch me fight. And I can always tell because it's not a normal fan. They're sitting there very stoic. You know, they're very, they're very calm. They're very calculated. They're watching me. I can tell it's not just the regular fan like, yay. I mean, they, they're not, they don't care who's, they don't care who wins or loses. They don't care. They're just looking for technique. They're looking for what kind of, um, what kind of fighter this girl is or guy, it's the same thing. What kind of fighter she is? What um, What is her stance? What do, what do her feet look like? Is she unstable on her feet or, or is she wide? Does she sit low? Is she have low center of gravity? It's going to be hard to do body shots on her. Does she cover up? How well does she cover up? Does she have any opening? Does she drop her left hand? Um, does she drop her left hand when she throws her right, leaving herself open? So is she, how fast is she? How quick is she? How's her head movement? How, how is, how is she? Is she pairing the punches? Is she slipping the punches? You know, is she absorbing punches? How good is her movement? What is she a switcher? That's another one. A switcher is someone who switches from Southpaw back to Orthodox and then vice versa. A switcher is very hard to fight. You want to know going into a fight if you're fighting a switcher, because if someone switches on you halfway through the, the round, it's really hard. It's really hard for an orthodox fighter, a right-handed fighter, to fight a left-handed fighter. Or so if they if if someone's a switcher and they switch to left hand, southpaw, it is like, ah, I mean it's it's a whole different way to look at the punches come at you differently. Everything's different, everything is weird, everything, and you got to be prepared for that. So, it's really you need to know these things about a fighter. What are we looking at? Is this girl tough? Is she evenly matched with us? And one of the things we look at is can she go the distance? Does she have the stamina to be able to last the whole fight? Now fights can range anywhere from four, six, eight, ten, twelve rounds. Uh back in Rocky, Balboa's day, uh, needed 15-round fights. We don't do those anymore. So they're they're uh 12 rounds to 12 rounds, three minute rounds, one minute break. Um, and you have to specifically train to go the distance on the fight. Now, every fighter should train to go the distance. They should make, sh- they should make sure that their training involves road work. road work. is running. Wrestlers and fighters, they know they, there's a lot of running involved. I know when I was training for my world title fight in Beijing in 2005, I ran five miles in the morning and five miles at night every single day for five, for three months solid. I was at training camp. Training camp is extremely intense. You don't get to talk to your family. You don't get, you just eat, sleep, and train. That's it. That's all you do. Eat, sleep, and train. And you train. I mean, I was training uh, over five hours a day and it was extremely intense. And so I had a lot of road work to do. Road work builds stamina. When you do the endurance work, it builds stamina. How long can you go without getting tired? Do you have the stamina to go the distance? This is something very important that someone needs to know going into a fight, because you can change the game plan if you know. And this is how Muhammad Ali beat, be, uh, be, uh, I can't even say it right, beat George Foreman. Because Muhammad Ali just remember the rope Remember that she, he just sat and waited for George Foreman to get tired out, and, it, and it, it worked. He just waited because because Muhammad Ali could go the distance, and George Foreman cannot. And most of the heavyweights can't. Most of the bigger the, the bigger the fighter the Usually, the more winded they're going to be, and the worse their stamina. The smaller the fighter, I mean, you get a fighter that's 120 pounds, uh, you get one that's 105, 120, even 132. They're going to be able to go and go and go and go and go. They're like Energizer buddies. They can't. They, you can. They just they go forever. And this is an important thing to know because you got to train according to that. Now. I mean, it's not good to go into a fight with somebody that you think is not going to go to the distance and then they do go to the distance and you didn't train right either. So, I mean, it's still a gamble. You got to make sure that you have, but really my training never changed whether she could go the distance or not. I was always ready to go all the way to the very last round and make it go, make it, make the judge be decided, make the judges decide who won the fight. And that's called the judge's decision. You can win by knockout. You can win by judge's decision. In order to win by a judge's decision, you need to have the fight go all the way to the end. And then the judges score up the points, tally up the points, and they go to the scoreboard. And they find out who, who landed the most punches and who was the better fighter. But you need to know if a fighter has what it takes, if they have the stamina to go the distance. I always had the stamina to go to the – in a lot of my fights, I went the distance on. Um, you know, my fight in Costa Rica, uh, Hannah Gabriel, you know, I made sure that I could go that we went the distance for sure. on that was a six round fight. Can you stay covered up? Can you stay relaxed? Can you control your breathing? Can you control your emotions to go all rounds in your contract? This is something that is is vital to a fighter especially if you want to get more fights. If you can show how versatile of a fighter you are, you can fight all kinds of different fighters. If you're only one type of fighter, you're going to get kind of like typecast and you're only going to get fights from people who are looking for that exact type of fighter. But if you're a journeyman fighter, and journeyman fighters are not always great because they're people they just they don't win a lot, you know, champion fighters there are champion. there are journeyman fighters. Journeyman fighters, you know, if that's what you want to do, if you just want to make your money fighting and you don't really care if you win or lose, you can be a journeyman fighter and you can just take all kinds of fights and you can go the distance or you can win by knockout. You can go short, long. You can do, you know, you're a versatile fighter with a lot of stuff in your arsenal. Not a lot of fighters are. It's just a strange sport. But being able to go the distance is huge. You don't want to be a fighter that tires out quickly. You don't want to just be a fighter that's really good for the first two rounds. And then rounds three, four, and five are a crap. You got crap form. You can't stay covered up. You're getting the crap beat out of you. You got a broken nose. You got split above your eye because you can't keep your hands up. You're so tired. That's not good. The crowd doesn't like that. The crowd wants to see a brawl, but they also don't want to see it go uh, just two rounds. They showed up, they bought the beer, they bought the popcorn, they waited for the fight, and then now you're just giving up. You don't want to be a fighter that just is good for one, two, three rounds. You want to be able to have what it takes to go the distance. So how does this all relate back to you? Do you have what it takes to go the distance with Code Red, with your weight loss journey? Because it's two different training methods. You could just get your head wrapped around the 10-pound takedown and 30 days. And that's fine in the beginning because sometimes that's all people can see. They can only see past a four-round fight. So they can only see past – I mean, they can't. they cannot see past a four-round fight. So they're good for four rounds and no more. You're good for 30 days and no more. And that's okay in the beginning, and that was okay for my first fight. Even my second fight, I believe, was only four rounds. And that's okay. That's okay. With, you know, I did four strong rounds, and I, gave, I put up a good fight, and that's fine. And you can do that on the 10-pound takedown. You can do 30 strong days. But you can't just keep living your life 30 days to 30 days to 30 days. Do you have what it takes to go the distance? You can't keep saying, I'm going to stay on Code Red until my son's wedding. And then what you don't, You the, the wedding comes and goes. You're only good for this short sprint. You're only good for this kind of thing where I, oh, I want you to learn to play the long game. I want you to have what it takes in your arsenal to be able to fight other fighters too, to be able to do a five round fight, a six round, an eight round, a 10 round, a 12 round fight. I want to be able to train you, to go long distances with code red. And that doesn't mean that you are going to be losing weight forever. If you if you train the right way, like we do in boxing, you won't be losing weight forever. You'll lose your weight and then we'll transfer you into maintenance. And then you'll learn how to go the distance with maintenance using maintenance methods. They're a bit, they're quite a bit different than weight loss methods. But can you go the distance or are you stuck in this 30 days at a time? are you only stuck in short-term goals? Because goals don't work unless you have a short-term and long-term. You just continue to gain back your weight after that 30 days is gone. And I think that is really, I think, again, I think it's fine for baby rebels and I think it's fine for new fighters. Oh, I mean, if you would have asked me, if you would have asked me in the beginning, when I was first starting, you know, 2000. 2002, 2003, 2004. Um, I mean, I started 2002, 2003. I think I had my first fight in 2004. If I, When I was first starting, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even wrap my head around a 12-round fight. What? A 12-round fight? There's no way I can do that. I could only see past the four-round fight. And that's okay to do in the beginning. And it's okay for you to only be able to barely see. You can't even see past 30 days. That's okay for your first 10-pound takedown. That's okay for your second 10-pound takedown. But at some point, you've got to start looking ahead because you're going to fight everybody in this category and you're going to use up all your short-term goals. And then you got to expand so you can fight other fighters. Same thing. If you don't start expanding what you believe you can do, then you will run out of all these short-term little goals and you're never going to get past this 30 days at a time baloney. Plus when you get past the 30 days, then you just, you just go right back to eating the same way you did before and put on the weight again. So you make, you take one step forward and one step back. You never actually make progress. You just keep going around the same mountain. That's just not a way to live. And that's why on the, on the 10 pound takedown, I start introducing ideas to you on day 15 of what life is going to look like after the 30 days are over so that you start thinking about 6 round fights, 8 round fights, 10 round fights, 12 round fights. And it's and and that start I start desensitizing you to the idea of okay, well you can spend 3 months with me in VIP and then at when you get your weight off in 6 months, I'll have you spend the next 12 months In maintenance, like I start getting you desensitized and and just habituated to the idea of the next 12 months with code red, the next 18 months with code red, I want you to think long term of letting me help ease you into this maintenance lifestyle. Because my coach would, if he would have just thrown everything at me at once at the, I, you know, my first four-round fight got over, and the very next day, he's like, all right, we're going to start talking about an eight-round fight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I would have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I don't want to overwhelm you with too much information at the beginning when you first start Code Red. I want you to get through the first 30 days, just like my coach had me get through two, three, four-round fights, the smaller fights. Had me get through a couple of them first before we started talking gently about the idea of longer fights and stronger girls and faster girls. And it's, it's scary to go the distance. The, the scariest thing about what does it say? Um, fatigue makes cowards of men. Who said that? Vince Lombardi? Fatigue. I don't know. I don't quote me on that. Fatigue makes cowards of men, makes cowards of men. You, You want to talk about, I mean, you want to talk about becoming a different person in the ring when you are fatigued, you like, you're so exhausted and you can't even hold your hands up and you're just, and then you start stumbling and you can't, you look like somebody who's drunk or on drugs is terrible. It's a horrible out of control feeling. And you have the risk of being killed at that point because you can't defend yourself or worse. Yeah. I said worse having the fight stopped because you can't defend yourself. No fighter wants the referee to stop the fight. No fighter wants the corner to throw in the towel. So my coach, after a couple of smaller fights, started talking to me about longer fights, but did it gently, did it e- just eased me into the thought of going a little bit longer, maybe going with some stronger, tougher girls. You know, let's go scout out that girl like we did down in Savannah. Let's see how she, let's see how she fights. Let's just talk about a possibility of fighting her. Let's see if we can make a fight happen on her. You know, we got to find out what kind of a fighter she is. Is she going to fit into our long-term plan? You want to have a long-term plan. So that's what I do with you on the 10-pound takedown. I ease you into the idea of going just a little bit longer with me, just to get a little bit more in-depth. Let me write a home study program for you and get your customized numbers. You're going to be fine. This is going to open up more opportunity to you. This is going to open up a chance for you to lose 10% of your body weight every month. You're going to start warming up to the idea of there's exciting, of the fact that there's exciting things up ahead. If you allow me to push you a little bit harder. And same thing with my coach. When he started talking about the opportunities up ahead, I started getting excited instead of getting scared. No, no, coach, I can't do it. I never said that. Oh, coach, are you sure? I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared of that girl. She's so strong. Do you see the way she knocked out that other girl? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You guys, I watched a girl down in Biloxi, Mississippi. Knock a girl's head off. Obviously not head off. She hit this tall girl, Vonda Ward. What was the fighter's name that did this? shoot, I can't remember it, but she fought a girl, this short black girl fought Vonda Ward, who was a WNBA basketball player. She was like over six feet tall. Anyway, she hit her with an uppercut that knocked her the F out and put her in a coma. You guys, you want to talk about scared. It's scary for me to be scouting out her and then watch her knock the crap out of Vonda Ward and Vonda never came back from that. So I know that it's scary that you have failed so many diets and you've failed so many programs and you, 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 you've never been able to do, you've never been able to go the distance. You've always, you've always backslid. Like us Christians say, you've always failed. You've always gone back to your old ways. Well, I'm doing to you what my coach did to me, Christy, relax. We're not going to let this happen to you. We're gonna make sure that we train hard. We're gonna make sure we do a lot of road work. We're gonna make sure we work on our defense, work on our feet work, footwork, work on our head, our head movement, make sure that we don't get caught like Vonda did and get, get the the piss knocked out of her. And I'm gonna say to you, Sally. I'm going to make sure nothing happens to you. I'm going to get your customized numbers for you. I'm going to ease you into this with an onboarding meeting. I'm going to make sure you have tutorials. You have an instructional manual. You have an instructional video. I'm going to make sure that I hold your hand through all of this, especially if you come on board with VIP. That's the smartest thing to do because it's the same price as just getting a home study program, and it comes with a home study program. I'm going to make sure that I ease you into it. Nothing's going to happen. I'll be right by you. We are going to go the distance with this thing. But you want to start wrapping your head around the fact that we are playing the long game here. We're not just doing a couple of fights just to make the car payment. I'm doing, I'm making, I'm going to, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to go all the way to a world title. I'm going to go all the way to being one of the the strongest females on the, on the planet. I'm going to go on the way, having a belt hanging on my wall and having my name written in the record books for all of eternity. And you've got to start wrapping your head around the fact that I'm going to lose my weight. I'm going to lose it quickly and effectively and safely. And I'm going to learn how to stay here and not gain it back like I've done a hundred times before. Do you have what it takes to go the distance? I would bet a lot of you don't. You might think you do. But then you get exhausted in the ring after round three. Because you don't have the proper training. You don't have the proper coaching. You don't have the proper expectations. You don't have the proper protocol. You don't have the proper boundaries. You don't have the, you don't have anything in place to make you successful. And I am saying to you, yes, you can be successful with the right coaching, with the right program. But you've got to start thinking long term. You've got to start playing the long game. You've got to start thinking, I can go the distance if I have to. I can do this long-term. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. Thank you for joining me. I love having you here and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. If you are looking for some hardcore accountability to get and keep this weight off, look no further because I've got VIP Connection. This is the ultimate connection to me, just short of me sleeping on your couch. You're going to get three daily messages from me in real time directly to you. You're going to submit your weight every Friday. We're going to go over it in a weekly meeting on Sunday nights, and I'm going to give you feedback. You'll have access to a monthly VIP breakfast with me and Boise, a monthly VIP supplement box, access to any workshop, any PDF promo that I hold for that month. You'll have access to the ringside membership. And best of all, you'll have a fully customized nutrition program written just for you. We're talking about over $3,000 total value for $3.97 a month, and you can cancel anytime. Go to coderedlifestyle.com forward slash VIP to check that out.